Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to Five Go Off in a Caravan. And welcome, welcome to Chapter 19. Wow. Now, if you recall from yesterday, they are trapped underground. So, today's chapter is Chapter 19, Prisoners Underground. Now, let's see what happens. Julian didn't answer. He was angry with himself for not thinking that this might happen. Although Lou and Dan had been seen getting on the bus with bags, they might easily not have been spending the night away. The bags might contain things they wanted to sell. Stolen goods of some kind. Oh, they came back quickly and came up the hill, I suppose, to have another try at getting Nobby, Nobby and Pongo back, said Julian out loud. <clears throat> what an idiot am I, I am to leave things to chance like that. Well, I'll have a try at shifting these planks. I should be able to with luck. He did, did his best and did shift them to a certain extent. But, as he feared, the caravan had been run back over the hole. And even if he managed to shift some of the planks, it was impossible to make a way out. Perhaps Pongo can help, he said suddenly. He shouted loudly. <clears throat> Pongo! Pongo! Pongo, come and help! Everyone stood still hoping that they would hear Pongo chattering somewhere near or scraping at the planks above. But there was no sign or sound of Pongo. Everyone called, but it was no use. Pongo did not come. What had happened to him? Oh, poor Nobby felt very worried. I wish I knew what's happened, he kept saying. I feel as if something horrid has happened to poor old Pongo. Where can he be? Well, Pongo was not very far away. He was laying on his side, his head bleeding. He was quite unconscious and could not hear the frantic calls of the children at all. Oh, poor... Pongo. What Julian had feared had actually happened. Lou and Dan had come back up the hill bringing money with them to tempt Nobby and Pongo back. When they got near to the hollow they had stood quite still and called loudly. Nobby! Nobby! We've come to make friends not to hurt you. We've got money for you. Be a sensible boy and come back to the camp. Mr Giorgio is asking for you. When there had been no reply at all, the men had got nearer. Then they'd seen Pongo and had stopped. The chimpanzee could not get at them because he was tied up. But he sat there snarling. Where are those kids gone? asked Lou. Then he saw that the 
caravan had been moved back a little and he at once guessed. <clears throat> they found the way underground, the interfering little brutes. See, they've moved one of the caravans off the hole. What do we do now? This first, said Tiger Dan in a brutal voice, and he picked up an enormous stone. He threw it with all his force at poor Pongo, who tried to leap out of the way, but the rope prevented him and the stone hit him full on the head. He gave a loud scream and fell down at once, lying quite still. You've gone and killed him, said Lou. So much the better, said Tiger Dan. Now let's go and see if the entrance hole is open. Those kids want their necks ringing. They went to the hollow and saw at once that the hole had been discovered, opened and that the children must have gone down it. Oh, they're down there now, said Tiger Dan, almost choking with rage. Shall we go down and deal with them and get our stuff and clear off? We meant to clear off tomorrow anyway. We might as well get the stuff out now. Oh, what, in the daylight? With any of the farm men about to see us, said Lou with a sneer. Clever, aren't you? Well, you got a better end idea? asked Tiger Dan. Well, why not follow our plan, said Lou. Go down when it's dark and collect the stuff. We can bring our wagon up, as we were planned to do tonight. We don't need to bother about forcing the children to go now. They're underground and we can make them prisoners until we're ready to clear off. I see, said Dan, and he grinned, suddenly showing his ugly teeth. Yes, we'll close up the hole and run the caravan back over it. <clears throat> and come up tonight in the dark with the wagon. Go down, collect everything and shut up the hole again with the children in it. We'll send a card to Giorgio when we're safe and tell him to go up and set the kids free. Why bother to do that, said Lou in a cruel voice. Let them starve underground, the interfering little beasts. Serve them right. Can't do that, said Dan. Have the police after us, worse than ever. We'll have to chuck some food down the hole to keep them going till they're set free. No good starving them, Lou. There'd be an awful outcry if we do anything like that. The two men carefully put back the boards over the top of the hole and replaced the heather tufts. Then they ran the caravan back over the place. They looked at Pongo. The chimpanzee was still lying on his side and the men could see what a nasty wound he had on his head. Oh, he ain't dead, said Lou and gave him a kick. He'll come round all right. Better leave him here. He might come to himself if we carried him back to the camp and fight us. He can't do us any harm tonight, tied up like that. They went away down the track. Not ten minutes afterwards, the children came to the hole and found it blocked up. <clears throat> if only they hadn't stopped to explore that tunnel a bit further, they would have been able to get out and set Timmy on the two men. But it was too late now. The hole was well 
and truly closed. No one could get out. No one could find poor Pongo and bathe his head. They were real prisoners. They didn't like it at all. Anne began to cry, although she tried not to let the others see her. Nobby saw that she was upset and put his arm around her. Oh, don't cry, little Anne, he said. We'll be all right. <clears throat> right, it's no good staying here, said Julian at last. We might as well go somewhere more comfortable and sit down and talk and eat. I'm hungry. They all went back down the passage, up through the hole in the roof and into the enormous cavern. They found a sandy corner and sat down. Julian handed Anne the kit bag and she undid it to get the food inside. Right, better only have one torch going, said Julian. We don't know how long we'll be here. We don't want to be left in the dark. Everybody immediately switched off their torches. The idea of being lost in the dark inside the hill wasn't at all. Anne handed out slices of bread and butter and the children put thin slices of Mrs Mackey's delicious ham on them. They felt distinctly better when they had all eaten a good meal. Oh, that was jolly good, said Dick. We won't eat that chocolate, Anne. We may want it later on. Golly, I'm thirsty. So am I, said Nobby. My tongue's hanging out like old Timmy's. Let's go get a drink. Where from? asked Anne in surprise. Well, there was a stream in that other cave beyond that tunnel, wasn't there? said Nobby. We can drink from that. It'll be all right. Well, I hope it will, said Julian. We were told not to drink water that wasn't boiled while we were caravanning. But then we didn't know this sort of thing was going to happen. We'll go through the tunnel and get some water to drink from the stream. They made their way through the long winding tunnel and past the shelf of stolen goods. Then on they went and came out into the cave through which the stream rushed so quickly. <gasps> they dipped in their hands and drank thirstily. The water tasted lovely. So clear and cold. Timmy drank too. He was really puzzled at this adventure, but so long as he was with George, he was happy. Oh, if his mistress suddenly took it into her head to live underground like a worm, that was all right, so long as Timmy was with her. I wonder if this stream does go to that hole in the hillside and pours out there, said Julian suddenly. If it does and we could follow it, we might be able to squeeze out. We'd get terribly wet, said George, but that wouldn't matter. Let's see if we can follow the water. They went to where the stream disappeared into a tunnel, rather like the dry one they had come along. Julian shone his torch into it. We could wade along, I think, he said. It's very fast, but not very deep. I know. I'll go along it myself and see where it goes and come back and tell you. No, said George at once. If you go, we all go. 
You might get separated from us and that would be awful. All right, said Julian. I thought there was no sense in us all getting wet, that's all. Come on, we'll try now. One by one, they waded into the stream. The current tugged at their legs for the water ran very fast. But it was only just above the knees there. They waded along by the light of their torches, wondering where the tunnel would lead to. Julian half, no, sorry, Timmy half waded, half swam. He did not like this water business very much. It seemed silly to him. He pushed ahead of Julian and then a little further down jumped up to a ledge that ran beside the water. Oh, good idea, Tim, said Julian, and he got up onto it too. He had to crouch down rather as he walked because his head touched the roof of the tunnel if he didn't. But at least his legs were out of the icy cold water. All the others did the same and as long as the ledge ran along the stream, they all walked along it. But at times it disappeared and then they had to wade into the water again, which now suddenly got deeper. Gracious, it's almost to my waist, said Anne. I hope it doesn't get any deeper. I'm holding my clothes up as high as I can, but they'll be soaked soon. Fortunately, the water got no deeper, but it seemed to go faster. We're going downhill a bit, said Julian at last. Perhaps we're getting near to where it pours out of the hill. They were. Some distance ahead of him, Julian could see a dim light and wondered whatever it could be. He soon knew. It was daylight creeping in through the water that poured out of the hole in the hillside, poured out in a torrent into the sunshine. We're almost there, cried Julian. Come on. With light hearts, the children waded along in the water. Now they would soon be out in the warm sunshine. They would find Pongo and race down the hill in the warmth, catch the first bus and go to the police station. But nothing like that happened at all. To their enormous disappointment, the water got far too deep to wade through and Nobby stopped in fright. I don't go no further, he said. I'm almost off my feet now with the water rushing by. I am too, said Anne, frightened. Perhaps I can swim out, said Julian. And he struck out. But he gave it up in dismay, for the torrent of water was too much for him and he was afraid of being hurled against the rocky sides and having his head cracked. It's no good, he said gloomily. No good at all. All that wading for nothing. It's far too dangerous to go any further. And yet daylight is only a few yards ahead. It's too sickening for words. We must go back, said George. I'm afraid Timmy will be drowned if we don't. Oh dear, we must go all that way. Oh dear. I honestly thought they were going to get out then. So disappointing. Um, but I bet it's not going to be so easy going back because they're going to be against the water. Um, so the water will be flowing one way and they'll be walking the other. And so they'll be pushing against it. 
Any old how, there we are. That was chapter 19 and we are on chapter 20 tomorrow. So come back and join me um, for more adventures. See what happens next. Anyway, you all have the best day ever. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Take care, stay safe, bye for now.